You're listening to Building Bold Connections, a podcast where we explore the creative ways business leaders have solved professional challenges to gain success and build net worth from their network. On today's episode, we have entrepreneur Nicole Anderson, CEO of Her Wine. Here is episode three of Building Bold Connections. Welcome to Building Bold Connections. I'm your host, Tyra Burton. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of hearing from Nicole Anderson. She's the CEO of Her Wines. Welcome, Nicole. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you? I am making it. Yes. (laughs) It's Wednesday. It is. It is. Well, I am excited to talk to you because I just think you have such an amazing entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm really interested in how you became one. Were you actively seeking it or did Mm. it just kind of fall into your path? You know, it's really funny. Um, So growing up, I always like dabbled in entrepreneurial ventures so like I grown like when I'm talking about kid growing up so I had like I was the candy lady in my neighborhood um I did poems you know for people I used to write like custom poems I would take your name and like create a poem based off of like a you know asking you a questionnaire and this is like you know middle school right so you were side hustling early yeah I had to my parents like instilled that in us yeah but (laughs) Even um, as I progressed through my um, my educational career, I actually transitioned. So I just knew like I was very focused at becoming climbing the corporate ladder. So I knew I was going to become like the CMO, a chief marketing officer. Yeah, I just knew I was like, you know what? It's entrepreneur stuff one day when I find my thing. But for right now, my passion and focus was just, you know, to climb the corporate ladder as quickly as possible. And typical millennial style, too. I just knew like graduating high school or college. I just I was like, I'm getting like six figure incomes and I'm getting like a C-suite immediately after graduate. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew that's typical millennial. We just knew we were graduating. <laughs> there was no like climbing. It was just, bam, I need to get that job. There wasn't a path. Yeah, but that didn't happen. That was not, that was not the story. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So how did, what was the first part of that story? So, um, I interned a lot. I was actually very, very intentional with, um, with my schooling. And so I, I knew I wanted to do marketing. So I knew that was going to be, you know, the path the industry, so to speak. Um, but I didn't know what in marketing I wanted to do. So I did everything. I interned for Kaiser Permanente, um, Arby's in their corporate office. Yeah, that was really fun. Actually, it was, you never know, like all the things that go into the marketing behind the imagery that we see for those type of, yeah, it's so interesting. Um, I did cybersecurity. I did pest control. I know way too much about how to kill bugs than I probably need but let's skip over that (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) but I I did a lot of things dabbled in a lot of industries as well as um, types of marketing um, positions and um, landed my very first job as an account coordinator um, and then climbed my way up and eventually ended up getting the role that I wanted. Um, I became a marketing director and um, I was managing a team and it was great, but I wasn't fulfilled. Something was missing. Something was missing. Yeah. And there lies wine. And here we are today. <laughs> well, I know you're a wine enthusiast, right? Yes. So are you like a snobby wine enthusiast like are you like uh, over yeah. all the different types and how they <laughs> smell and all that I'm not I am the opposite right awesome. I know I, I just love wine um that's always been my drink of choice even in college you know like after I, you were 21 after I was 21 yes exactly legal age I, and that's a real story um but I 
I just I didn't like the taste of alcohol and liquor Mm -hmm. and so wine wine coolers that was always kind of like my go-to and so I just I fell in love with it from there and um but I never got into like the snobby like you know this is from this grape in this region or anything like which no you know it's awesome if you knew that yeah exactly I was like if you are a wine educator and you know those things kudos but that wasn't me (laughs) so how did her wine come out of that kind of Mm. fun and exciting wine enthusiast yeah so you know I was in a very interesting time in my life when I started this um so I was in the process of going through grad school yeah so I was going to get my MBA and um because I wanted a certain position I ended up getting the position without having to you know needing that degree so in the midst of that transition um as well as I I was also going through a divorce so yeah life life was lifing Mm -hmm. and um yeah you can use that I'll let you steal that one (laughs) but um but yeah so um I was looking for an outlet and um I started out making wine myself I was getting bored with wine which was crazy because I loved it and I was like I want to get something that was different you know in the market at the time it was just you know Moscato pink Moscato red Moscato had just came out you know you were seeing kind of variations but nothing that was different and I was like I wonder if I can make wine myself so Google YouTube Academy. Um, <laughs> I found some videos <laughs> and I found a way to make wine myself. And that's how I really got started. And um, the marketing in me created this brand that um, I didn't even know what it would turn into. It was just something fun and it was a hobby and ended up progressing into her wines today. Well, I know that you had to search for a strategic partnership because you can only make so much wine yes. at your house. Yes. And I think that journey was a little uh, long and problematic and a lot yes. of turndowns. How did you deal with that? Oh, my goodness. So after, so fast forward, right, I, I started making wine myself. I ended up coming up with this name and the brand name was actually Unwind. Yeah. Um, There's a story there. There is a story there. And I thought it was brilliant. When I came up with the name, I was like, Unwind. And I'm like, with an E, un- it's like magical duh who's no one's thought of this before uh little did I know they did <laughs> so, as often happens yes 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 so I um I launched this brand you know and, and again this was still a side thing I'm still working a full-time right. job in building this um but I launched it September 2020 so we'll we have to talk about that because that was a whole pandemic thing I going say, on there's a story there too yeah but um April. So not even um, six months, seven months into me, you know, actually like launching my business, I get hit with a cease and desist letter from another company in Texas that was called Unwind. Well, yeah, that was surprising. I bet. It was surprising, scary. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gotten one of those like super aggressively packaged <laughs> lawsuits, but when they serve you, it is very intense. It's like the fear of everything in you at yeah. once. Yeah. And, and, you know, I felt like, oh my gosh, my baby that I'm just now building, is going, it's getting stripped away from me. Like right. I was so distraught about it. Um, but it ended up, unfortunately it became, um, bigger than just the name unwind it became yeah so 
after doing some research, right. you know, I, I had to hire a legal team. Now, mind you, again, seven months in, so I don't have a formal. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. There is no money. Right. There is no revenue coming in yet. We're just starting. And I don't have a legal team. You know, I'm not big, big like Why that. Why would you think you needed one? I know. <laughs> Who would have thought? So um, to get to that point and to, you know, have to lawyer up, essentially. Right. Absolutely. Um, in that process, we had to do discovery. We're looking for our angle to this case. And we found that there were countless, countless um, other brands named Unwind as well. So we were like, well, why, why, why me? Right. I'm small. I just started. The only underlying difference was that I was a minority owned business. I was the only black owned business that they had, um, reached out to. So they hadn't targeted any other businesses. None of the others. And what was even more interesting was when we, you know, when we asked them like, hey, what are, what am I doing different than these companies? They're like, you know, they could never, they could never say. So then we start to really like ask like, well, what, what, because I want to be compliant, right? I'm not trying to steal your name, but if there are other companies, yeah, let's be fair. And so once we started peeling back the layers and asking certain questions, they got a little, you know, um, uneasy. And so we ended up, you know, getting to a point of dismissing the case. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it worked out. But you still changed the name. I did. I did. So in the midst of that, right? So you're an entrepreneur, you're building this business and you kind of get stuck. Like I, I had a cease and desist. So I did have to stop right. using the name and I had a, two choices. I could either continue to, you know, wait this thing out, figure out how to, you know, play this, this, this legal game and figure out what happens, or I could pivot and change the name and continue to progress, you know, my brand. And I decided the latter. Um, and that's how her wine um, came into existence. And it's, it means so much more because her is actually an acronym. It is. What does yes. it stand for? It stands for having evolved repeatedly. Well, that fits. Yeah, right. It was a perfect timing. It was. Well, and it even goes all the way back to your internships, like how you have continually evolved. Yes, yes, yes. And that was the goal, right? We're we're on this constant journey of evolution, Mm -hmm. becoming better versions of ourselves, better parents, better spouses, better entrepreneurs, coworkers, anything. We wear so many titles. And in that journey, I wanted to kind of I wanted to commemorate that, you know, I wanted to honor that. And I wanted in that journey for us to take moments to pause. Cause I think that's the piece that we don't forget. No, I yeah. think, I think that's what we learned during COVID. Mm, yes. That moment to pause was really yes. important. Yes. There was a lot of, a lot of learning. I think that happened during that moment. Absolutely. So from uh, that experience, what did you take away in terms of the process of trademark and the importance of trademark oh yeah there was a lot of learnings I tell all entrepreneurs early on to trademark your name ASAP ASAP there's a lot to to a value on intellectual property right so even with her wines like as soon as I came up with that I was like trademark it we're going copyright it immediately so yeah absolutely I mean I I think that can't be overlooked when you're looking at names to make sure it's available yeah there so you don't doing your due diligence yeah doing your yes so that's that's my lesson to all do your due diligence google it (laughs) So what kind of bold ideas helped you launch this brand in the middle of COVID? Mm. So, you know, it was really interesting. Um, I, I actually wanted to start this brand when I really realized that there was a 
there was a gap in the market in the wine industry mm-hmm. there the wine industry is traditionally known to be a little and i say with air quotes snobbish right yes, I agree. um it's typically people who you know grew up with um family like their third fourth generation winemakers um you know it's typically associated with with a kind of sophistication and class but it's it's exclusive you don't feel like you can be a part of that community unless you're in it and um and i wanted to create something that was a little more relatable um i wanted to create something that people who may not be wine connoisseurs could still appreciate you know they still enjoy a good glass of wine but they don't really care what, what region it comes from. They don't care what varietal it is. We just care how it tastes. How does it taste? And what is it? Does that name resonate with me? Yeah. You know, and my reason for why. So that on top of a lack of diversity in the market as well. Absolutely. That was a big thing. Especially in wine. Yes. There yeah. is no diversity really. Yeah. It's it's very one-sided. I think the last statistic I saw was that, um, you know, as far as African-American winemakers, we make up maybe 1%. Oh, I, yes. I would be surprised yeah. if it was 1%. Yeah. So how has that been, how's your journey been affected by being such a minority within this industry? There were a lot of closed doors when I started, you know, to be fair, I think um, not only was I coming in, I'm young. I started this business like 28. So I'm young. I'm African-American. I have no wine experience other than just going and visiting um, wineries before. So that was, you know, my, my, the most I knew. Um, I made wine myself, but at home. So this kind of like a, you know, turn up nose there. So <laughs> there, I, I would approach a lot of wineries just, you know, asking questions and they either were not willing to talk, you know, or they were like, no, we just don't do it. Cause not only was I trying to make you know, wine, I was trying to make flavored wine. Heaven forbid. Yes. Right. They're like, how dare you? We only do Chardonnay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, I want to do a peach Moscato. Can we do it? So I'm in favor of that. <laughs> yes. See, but, um, but yeah, so it was a lot of closed doors. Um, it, it took a lot of resilience, you know, patience, um, and just being okay with people not seeing the vision that I see. And I think that that takes a lot of courage sometimes because it can be very frustrating when people, you know, are telling you no or that your idea is not going to work. You know, I had I remember very clearly I had a woman um, that told me no one's going to buy sweet wines. That's not a thing. And I was like, my whole print is around this. And I just knew she was going to be supportive. And she was like, nope. Mm-mm. Oh, don't you hate that? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it's disappointing at times, you know, but I think that, um, those hurdles, you know, getting those closed doors, um, it made me want it more. Yeah. Yeah. Step up. Yeah, it did. It did. So you obviously found strategic partnerships. Yes. So are you being distributed now? I am. I am. So actually that's a, that's a new development. (gasps) Yeah. So I, um, July of this year. I um, signed on with Kelly Family Distributors, and they are a Black-owned, veteran-owned distributor here in Atlanta, Georgia, Um, one of the very few um, in the country. And so it's really, really cool to be a part of that movement. That's a very unique combination. Yeah. So that really sinks to, I mean, talks to the fact that you must have a great network. Yeah. So how did you build that? Because I know our students and people out there, trying to find your network can be daunting. So how have you gone about that? It's so, it's very intentional. Again, um, I think that's something that I started at a younger age, just, you know, like I mentioned, even with the partnerships or the internships rather, 
Um, I put myself in position to ask questions, to talk to people that were in the industry, to find mentors that were in equivalent or um, directly in the same industry. Like, for instance, um, to give a, a, a shameless shout out oh, to, okay. we like those. yes, to, <laughs> to um, one of my mentors, Island John Vaca, um, yeah. Kevin John. Yes, yeah. he he's been such a great um, mentor. And even though he's not in the wine industry, so still in the spirits industry. Yeah. And so he really helped to propel me and put me in rooms that I normally wouldn't have been able to get in myself. So um, I think, you know, seeking them. But I sought him out. You know, I, I was very intentional. I took him to lunch. I was like, hey, yeah. I just need 30 minutes of your time. I'll take you to lunch, you know, and um, and the rest was history. And I think that's, you know, when you're looking for um, ways to build partnerships. Food is always a great way to well, build relationships. Food and wine. Food and wine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that you had um, the chutzpah to go out there and ask him yeah. to really seek that relationship. I think that's wonderful. And it's really a great call to action. It was, it was helpful immensely. That, that $40 I spent on lunch was worth so much more. So much more. <laughs> So when you rebranded, tell us a little bit about how you came up with the brands for uh, her wine. Yes. So um, so we have six in our collection in total, which is really exciting. exciting. Um, But each of the names represent those moments where we deserve to relax and unwind. Um, So we have Mama Needs a Break. Yeah, that's our that's our sweet tin Merlot. Um, we have In My Feelings, which is a peach apricot mm-hmm. um, that pays homage to us as women. You know, we we get dinged for being emotional when that's such a strength, you know. Yes. So I wanted to pay, you know, pay honor to that. Um, I have Girls Night In, which represents those moments where our community, our tribe is our therapy, you know, and we need those moments to collapse, especially coming out of COVID, right? I was say, these are just so perfect everything that happened it was it was definitely timely um and then we have finally after five so that one was um affectionately named um finally after five because it's for all of my working working women you know we work hard and finally after five means something different for all of us you know sometimes it's I'm turning it off I'm done with work sometimes it's you know I'm turning it on for my my personal you know ventures so um that one's a 15 percent peach moscato because we need it <laughs> good times good times and the um the two newest ones we just released last month Ooh. yes i'm so excited it's a sparkling riesling and a sparkling rosé and they're named a toast to me oh yes um and the idea behind that is you know sometimes we we as a society need to reframe how we celebrate we choose to delay our happiness sometimes for these big moments. And I feel like, especially with my personal journey, especially this year, I've learned so much the importance of just taking every day and finding joy in those moments. So we should celebrate, you know, there's so many wins. You didn't go off on anybody on 285 in traffic. Mm-hmm. Celebrate. <laughs> so I know you talked about finally after five. Yes. Are you still doing the nine to five? I, you know, I have been really fortunate this year. Um, I had some life, personal life changes that happened. And 
you know, you have to find the silver lining sometimes. And the silver lining was that this allowed me the opportunity to focus on my business full time. So I'm super proud to say that this year is my first year of full time entrepreneur. That's awesome. So you've yeah. made that transition. Made the transition. So how did it feel? Scary. Very scary. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie. How, but how did you step through the fear? You know, I think I, I made a plan. So awesome. I know sometimes you hear different stories about how people enter entrepreneurship. It's um, it's just like something happens. They cut it and then, you know, it's just like next thing you know, they, they quit their job or they they get let go and then they just they're forced into it. I wanted to be a little more strategic. I'm a strategic. Girl. Yeah, I needed that safety cushion. So I was saving up. So I, I figured out how much I needed for me to at least have a year's worth of funds to be able to be comfortable. So if I'm not working. What can I do? That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I kind of planned for it in a way. Um, it came sooner than I expected, um, but it was OK. So, you know, from that um, that planning, it put me in a position to not be as nervous right. about taking the leap. Um, but it's super fulfilling and, and I wouldn't change it for the world. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I, I know this past year has been one where you've been doing some battles that have nothing to do with wine. Yeah. Um, my sister is also battled the same beast mm. of breast cancer. So how have you been trying to balance that healing journey and then this entrepreneurship journey together? Yeah, you know, um, to be very, very honest, um, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it, it threw my whole plans for a loop. Right. Because I was expecting to kind of enter 2022 with like really high goals. And, and there was just a lot of things I wanted to get done. I had to learn to give myself a little grace because oh, going through um, chemo um, and surgeries and radiation, it, it takes a toll on everything. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a toll. And so um, there were moments where I was I, I was beating myself up. I'm like, you're not doing enough. You're, you're supposed to be like pushing your business and getting this far. And um, and I had to have like a, a come to Jesus moment, essentially, with myself. Yeah. You needed to have some of your own wine. Yes, I did. I had to take my own advice, yes. you know, and I had to practice pausing and realizing that everything happens in its due course mm -hmm. um, and really reveling in my wins because there were some major wins that happened. Um I had my first festival, you know, that was super cool. Like my first wine festival oh. and I got my first like corporate accounts and, you know, there was a lot of really great things, but, um, and I had to realize like, I can't put too much pressure, like despite right. other things going on personally, you still have positioned yourself and your business and pushed it forward, hitting major milestones. So it took, you know, balance, I, I would say is, is a it's a cliche word in the it sense is. that you know there wasn't really a balance there's sometimes where I had to put more energy into personal you know development and healing absolutely and um there were other times where I was fortunate I could just push my business so it was a sliding scale so did it uh did your business you think help you in your healing journey it did you know it was funny when I um when you when you first get diagnosed you have to go through like all these you know doctors and and they're just doing all these tests right and um but one thing that was consistent with um with my doctor team was that they um they always ask like you know what do you do and what are your hobbies and um and I always you know 
immediately I get into wine and I just light up, right? <laughs> like, it's just like, I do wine. They're like, what? So, so we always have fun conversations, but I think it was the, um, the outlet that I needed, you right. know, it gave me something to focus on. Um, you have moments sometimes when, when you're hit with a diagnosis like this, where you're not sure what the outcome will be, right? You hope for the best, but you don't know. Um, and there were some moments because I got diagnosed with a very aggressive form of breast cancer and I was diagnosed at stage two. Um, and they told me, you know, I had a month to get some things in order and to start treatment or it would um, progress to stage four. So, yeah, so I didn't have a lot of time. Um, and, and so I, I say that to say, you know, I needed something to live for. Right. As you know, as silly as that sounds. No, that's, that's not silly. It, it, it was wine really helped to give me something to focus on, to get my mind off of, you know, what was going on externally mm-hmm. and to have something to continue to push for. Well, and evolving and evolving. Yes. See how it works out. It did. <laughs> well, I am so grateful. I know you're you're also not a um, the typical age for breast cancer. So I think it's yes. a great reminder for all of us to yes. to be vigilant be vigilant get checked I think that's very 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 important um I'm 32 and so and no family history so um I do encourage everyone you just you don't know and, and yeah. if you feel something check it out don't wait like me don't wait no I'm I'm glad that you got treatment and I'm glad that you're continually evolving. Yes. Thank you. So can you let our audience know where they can learn more about her wine? Absolutely. So you guys can follow me. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube um, at it's her wine. So that's our tag. And you can um, find more about the wine specifically at herwines.com. Awesome. Well, Nicole, I can't wait to see where you evolve to next. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Building Bold Connections. This has been a Coles College and Joel A. Katz Music and Entertainment Business Program production.